we'll continue our study in the book of Zechariah. So we're coming now to Zechariah chapter 10. It's a very difficult passage to expound and uh, exposit. Uh, what Pastor Fergus did yesterday was that he went on the historical approach, which is good. But today, I want to be as practical as I can and apply this passage and yet be true to the text. So it's not easy, so bear up with me. All right, so I will be very practical as I share with you on how do we approach God. How do we approach God? Now, the book of Zechariah is very Jewish. Well, I suppose the entire book of the Bible is Jewish, in a sense. Yet, at the same time, whatever applies to Israel also applies to you and I, because same God, correct or not? So, here, the prophet Zechariah is telling Israel, this is how you approach God. So, as I look into this chapter, I've read it several times. Well, I want to share with you. How do we approach God? But before I do that, let me give you a general overview so that we understand what we are in for. Because the whole book of Zechariah is divided into two portions. Chapter 1 to verse chapter 8 and chapter 9 to chapter 14. We did Chapter 1 to chapter 8 last year, right? So why is it that, why can't we finish last year the whole of Zechariah? Why? Because it's very, very clearly demarcated and I want to give you this table. Looking at this table, so that we do not miss the wood for the trees, you understand where we are now. So if you look at the first eight chapters of Zechariah, which we did last year, it talks about correction, correcting Israel. Come back, come back to the Lord was the theme. But now from chapter 9 to chapter 14, it's not about corrections, it's about predictions of the future. Correction of the past and the present at that moment and now, chapter 9 to chapter 14, it is a prediction of the future. And also, if you look at a topic, chapter 1 to chapter 8, eight visions, four sermons, and chapter 9 to chapter 14, two comings. Present problems, future promises. All happened in Jerusalem. Because I told you, Zechariah is very Jewish. But what is very astounding is the time frame. Very clearly, the first eight chapters of Zechariah were written by a very young Zechariah. Chapter 9 to chapter 14. After a space of 38 years, uh, almost one generation, Zechariah appeared again, but this time an old man. And he prophesied again. Look at the year. 480 BC to 4110 BC, a much older Zechariah appeared almost 40 years after the rebuilding of the temple. Where was he? Don't know. 
But out of nowhere, an older Zechariah appeared and prophesied from chapter 9 to chapter 14, which we're doing this year. It's almost like the last words of a sage. A wise man. Hey, better listen all. The last words of a wise prophet who came out from nowhere and now prophesied not only to Israel, but the words are eternal. And interestingly, look at the date. At that time, 40 years after the rebuilding of the temple, sadly, the spiritual life of Israel was on the decline. How do we know? Malachi. This was the time the last book of the Old Testament was written. And you look at Malachi. The priesthood was corrupt. They were giving to God defiled, diseased animals and stealing from God. And Zechariah came in and prophesied. And after that, 400 years of silence. What was it that Zechariah wanted to tell Israel, tell you and me in this chapter? I've read this several times. And I was very struck by the first word of that chapter. If you have a Bible, look at it. Ask. Ask me. In other words, how do we ask God? How do we approach God? And while talking to Israel, through to the text, I'm going to share with you four ways how we can approach God. Verse 1 to verse 2, Zechariah is telling Israel as the last words, when you ask God, uh, when you approach God, uh, number 1, verse 1 to verse 2, approach Him as the source of life. Number 2, from verse 3 to verse 5, when you approach God, Approach him as your shepherd, not as your ATM machine, understand? He's your shepherd. And then from verse 6 to verse 11, approach him as your deliverer. He will restore you. Go to him as your, not any saviour, but a compassionate saviour. And then last verse, verse 12, approach him as your strength. So that's where I'll go. So let me read verse 1 to verse 2. I won't put out the screen, all the errors, but, but just, that's why I, I just feel that. Let me read it. You hear it, all right? If you have your Bible, look at it. So chapter 10, verse 1 to verse 2 says, Ask the Lord for rain in the springtime. It is the Lord who makes the storm clouds. Ask who? Uh? It is the Lord. You don't ask anybody. It is God. If you don't ask Him, ask who or 
That's why he says, He gives showers of rain to men, plants of the field to everyone. And that's what other people do, not you. What do they do? They ask idols. They ask diviners. They ask the seers. Idols speak deceit, you see. Diviners see visions that lie. They tell dreams that are false and they give comfort in vain. So you go to a a man of a man or an idol. Hey, they give you false comfort. They deceive you. They speak lies. And clever people follow, you see. Strangely, right? We are clever. But it's not about how clever you are. It is how spiritual you are, you see. Therefore, the people wander like sheep, oppressed for lack of a shepherd. Why must we approach God as the source? He gives two reasons. Because He is the creator of, the, of life and He controls the seasons. Don't you think so? Hey, He controls the weather. He, he, he controls the rain. Hey, Rain is very important to Israel, I know. No rain means no life. So ask. Ask the Lord for rain. What kind of rain? The latter rain. Why? How do you know? Springtime. You see, last night, uh, last yesterday evening, Pastor Fergus gave a very good diagram, one of the best diagrams I've seen, the difference between the former rain and the latter rain. The former rain comes in November, in autumn. That's the rain to form the seeds but you need the latter rain to mature the harvest. So without latter rain, no harvest. So what is rain? Latter rain. So God is saying to the children of Israel, to you, to me, ask for the latter rain. Why? Because it's the latter rain that brings the harvest. Spiritually speaking. Ask. But you say to me, Pastor, why must I ask her God knows, ma. Yes, God knows. But you, you must ask. You don't ask, you don't get. But why must I ask? Huh? Don't know. You don't ask, you don't get. Strange, huh? Why? Why must we ask? So that you don't take God for granted, right? You come before Him in humility. Here I bow. You ask. You don't ask. You don't get. I, I don't know about you, you know. Uh, you know, when, when, when my pastors or any of my staff comes to my office and say, Pastor, Pastor, can I ask you for help? Or my son comes to me, Dad, can I ask you to help me? What do you think I would say? No way! I'm too busy. Never. Because you ask, I will seriously consider. I may say no, but because you ask, I will take it seriously. Eong, same. The first word in chapter 10 is ask! Because he is the controller of the seasons. He is the giver of life. 
because he gives seeds and plants, ma. So we must ask. And the contrast is this, verse 2. He said, you don't ask God, huh? and yet you're going to ask a prophet. Correct or not? i got no time to come for a prayer altar to ask God. And yet, when the so-called man of God gives you a prophecy, you chase after him. Or some of you got asked, the soothsayers. That's why verse 2 says, you go to the diviners. You go to the soothsayers, worthless idols who speak false deceit to deceive you. And yet you go there and you don't ask me. So no wonder you don't get because you never ask from the source. So can I encourage you? The prophet Zechariah, a wise old man, his last words to you, to me, both of you here, over 200 of you here physically, and those of you online from other churches, don't only ask, 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 uh, like an ATM machine and that. No. Come to him and I'll show you how. How do we approach God? So number one, approach God as the source. Secondly, approach God as the shepherd. And you find that from verse 3 to verse 5. Not any shepherd, but the good shepherd. You know, shepherds, of, many types of shepherds I know. But he is the good shepherd. So now, Zechariah chapter 10, verse 2 to 5 says, Therefore, the wise old prophet says, the people wander like sheep. So you, I, I, I highlighted these words because suddenly the prophet Zechariah goes into what we call the sheep-shepherd motif. He goes into the language of the flock, the sheep, caring for the sheep. Why? Because he wants you and I to approach him like the children of Israel, like a good shepherd who cares for his flock. So he says, Therefore my people wander like sheep, oppressed for lack of a shepherd. So he's contrasting now for those worthless shepherds. Shepherds who don't care. My anger burns against those shepherds, he says. And I will punish the leaders for the Lord Almighty as contrasted to these bad human shepherds always cares for his flock. Amen. You agree with me? Say it loud. Amen. The house of Judah make them like a proud horse in battle. From Judah will come the cornerstone that is Jesus. From him the tent peg. From him the battle bow. From him every ruler together. Together means all of us together or together with the cornerstone, they will be like mighty men trampling the muddy streets in battle because the Lord is with them. They will fight and overthrow the horsemen. 
the whole motif is on sheep and shepherds. So, the prophet Zechariah encouraged you and I, when we approach God, ask Him. You remember I told you, don't, you don't ask, you don't get. Huh? He knows your needs, but He still wants you to ask Him. You see? So ask Him as what? Ask Him as the good shepherd. Because the good shepherd gives His life for the sheep. That's what Jesus says. This is the words of the Lord. Come, read it with me. Can you read it with me here? Alright, is it okay with you from front to back, left to right? Hey, we have enough people here, alright, to give a loud voice, okay? It's okay with you, those of you uh, at home as well, alright, whether in your bedroom, in your pyjamas, or whether it be in the living room, <laughs> you know, we used to be in the pyjamas, okay, but now praise God, we are here. Amen, come on, let's give God a clap offering that we are here. Amen, amen. And, and I can predict and I prophesy, not like Zechariah, on November the 13th and 14th, when we open the rest of the church, we will be full. You agree or not? Yes. yes. Amen. Come on, read this with me. Okay. All right, let's read together. Shall we do that? Those of you at home, let's read what Jesus says. Are you ready? What does Jesus say? One, two, three. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. They know me. Louder. One, two, three. Die for the sheep. Jesus tell you. Don't go and ask everybody. Ask me. Ask me. I am the good shepherd. Not only do I care for you, I've given my life for you. Do you not think I care for you? So why do you go to all the other people? Why? See, the problem with us is maybe we do not humble ourselves enough and ask God. Whenever we have problems, the first thing we do is ask for advice from everybody else. Listen to me very carefully. I'm not saying that you don't go to pastor, you don't go to your leaders to ask. But I, I want to say this very practically. I can fail you one, you know. I can disappoint you one, you know. So you go to a guru or a prophet and you want to hear good things. We can fail you one. Huh? You know, I always say this, the best of men are still men at best. Ask God. Read this with me again, everybody. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Read it with me loud. Only one small sentence, but so power-packed, man. Come on, are you ready? Those at home as well, here as well. Are you ready? One, two, three. Cast all your cares upon Him, for He... One more time, one more time. Are you ready? Hear yourself read it and believe it. Are you ready? No matter what you're going through, I don't know what you're going through, my friend, but I know that God is speaking to you. Come on. Are you ready? One, two, three. 
cares upon him, for he cares for you. He really loves you. He really cares for you, my friend. Father, in Jesus' name, I just feel so glad to pray. For those people here who are going through uncertain days, days of great disappointment maybe, days of failure even maybe, days, Father Lord, when things did not go right, Days, Father Lord, when we, 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 we you, you seem to be far away and, and we went to everybody else for advice. Father, forgive that we did not come to you first. So today, I want to bless and pray that today, Father Lord, we will run to the good shepherd who loves us and cares for us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What is amazing in this passage about the Good Shepherd is that verse 3, he says that the Lord Almighty will care for his flock, the house of Judah. And what astounds me, and I, I grapple with it for a while, and I'm so glad that Pastor Fergus had the same thinking as me yesterday, when he says, I will make them like a proud horse in battle. And from verse 4 to verse 5, he talks about mighty men. He talks about a cornerstone coming in battle bow, trampling the muddy streets in battle because the Lord is with us and they will fight and overthrow the horsemen. So the, 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 the idea I get is, hey, God, I, I, I thought you are a shepherd, we are a sheep. Sheep don't fight one, no. But he says, no. I will transform you from a sheep to a stallion. I will transform you, that's not Jesus himself, the cornerstone, from the Lamb of God into the Lion of Judah. Jesus says, as I am, so you will be. Why? Eh? If you forever are sheep, eh, people will trample you. Don't you think so? You are a sheep. You are wimpy. You are soft. All you do is bang. No. I don't want you to be a sheep. I want you to be a steed or a stallion, a war horse. I was the Lamb of God, but I am the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen? So that we turn from a defensive position into an offensive one. Why? Because people don't respect people who are weak. One, no. But we've got to be strong. And our strength is in the Lord. Very important. And, 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 I, and, and I like this joke. So you better laugh. Huh? Not told by me, but Pastor, Pastor Fergus yesterday. How do you turn... If I got it right. Fergus, help me. How do you turn a sheep into a war horse? How do you turn a sheep into a war horse? The answer is... Worship. That's a very original joke. You war. You worship. When you and I begin to worship and worship, the sheep is now turned into a stallion, the war horse. Because that's what God wants us to be, right? 
So we come from a position of strength, you see. So that's what the good shepherd does. The good shepherd transforms you. So we come to the good shepherd. We come to the source. Okay, how do we approach God? Number one, say after me, are you ready? So how do we approach? Look, I, I'm turning something which is very hard to interpret and get through to the text into something practical because this is what the prophet Zechariah in the last words are, are, are telling Israel. This is what you do. When you approach him, you will, you will be transformed. So I, I'm sharing this with you. Is it okay with you? So how do we approach God? Number one, tell me church, how do we approach God? Number one, as the life-giving source. Number two, how do we approach God? As the life-transforming shepherd. And thirdly, how do we approach God? As the... Verse 6 to verse 11. And I, I highlighted those words. Zechariah says, I will... The Lord says through Zechariah, I will strengthen the house of Judah and save the house of Joseph, even though referring to Israel. Uh, and I told you, same God, ma, the God of Israel is your God. Don't you think so? So, oh, Pastor, it is only Israel. No, no, no. As he has done to Israel, save them, regathered them, etc. He will do the same for you and I, understand? So it's the same God. And, 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 and the amazing thing is, the last verse, in my name. Hey, the name of Jesus is still applicable today, right? In my name, I will do this. And I will restore them because I have compassion on them. They will be as though I had not rejected them. Talking about Israel, same for us. For I am the Lord, their God. And I will. So if, if you feel rejected by God, God is saying to you, no, I will not reject you. You know what Israel had done? You cannot do anything worse than Israel, right? Correct or not? They turn to idolatry. They do all kinds of stupid things. And yet God said, I love you. And I want to say the same to you. God will restore you. The Ephraimites will become like mighty men and their hearts will be glad as with wine. Their children will see it. This is the outcome of restoration. This is the outcome of restoration. And, and, and the prophet Zechariah is looking forward because I told you at that time now, uh, the whole of Israel is spiritually on the decline. So the, the prophet Zechariah looks beyond the four the 40 years, looks beyond the 400 years and say, God will restore you, Israel. Don't worry. And I say this to you, my friend, God will restore you if you are willing. Their children will see it and be joyful. Their hearts will rejoice in the Lord. I will signal for them and gather them. Surely I will redeem them and they will be as numerous as before. And I put the words there. Salvation, redemption, restoration, coming back. So you come to God as your Saviour. What are the outcomes? 
So it goes on to say, Though I scatter them among the peoples, yet in distant lands they will remember me. They and their children will survive. They will return. And so on, I'll bring them back from Egypt. This is the ingathering of the Aliyah. And God will say, I want to contextualize this and apply this today. So if, if you and I approach God as the source, if you and I approach God as a good shepherd, if you and I humble ourselves, ask God, approach Him as the, 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 our Saviour, what will happen? Eight things. Number one, once again, you will be like mighty men. No more growling in the muddy streets. No more a victim, but a victor. Amen? Once more, you, your heart will be glad. Sorrow will go. No more, the, the days of your tears are over. Once more, your children will be... Will be hey, don't, wait, listen to me. Don't, don't you want your children to be joyful? You don't want to? Ah? Don't you want your children to be joyful, Lindy? Don't you want your children to be joyful? Right? We work and we live for our kids. Don't you think so? Not true or so, but... but I mean, I mean... But we want our kids to be blessed, or do you think so? So the Lord says, yes. If you come to me as the source and don't go to other people, if you come to me as a good shepherd and really believe that I care for you, if you come to me as your saviour, your children will be joyful. And there will be an in-gathering of the Israel. So he's talking about the Aliyah. He'll bring them from Egypt. Look, I, I want to contextualise it to today. It has been a long night. You know, we play that game, uh, it's been a long night. It's been a long night. But morning is here. Things are opening up again. Do you think so? The fact that you are here, it's a joy to see so many of you. Lah. You know, do you think so? Come on, let's give one a crap offering. Shall we do that? Come on! We are opening again. Life goes back to better than normal again. Amen? Yeah. We are gathering again. There will be an in-gathering of the saints. Wow. And, 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 and I like this Baruch Kome talking about Israel. Huh? He says that, you look at Israel. God is a good God. God is a redemptive God, not a he won't punish you, punish you, punish you, punish you until you are gravy. No, he won't do that. His main aim is to restore you if you're willing to be restored. So, Baruch Coleman says this. He's a rich rabbi. He says the Jewish people returning to their land is foundational to the final establishment of the kingdom and the revelation of the Messiah at the second coming. So, whatever is happening to Israel, God is bringing them back and as I speak, it's still ongoing. They had dark days. It's the same for you and I. And I likened the church to, to having gone to two years almost of dark, dark days. But today, I want to affirm you, affirm all those of you from other churches listening to me right now. Take heart. Take heart. Why? Because these are the other things. They will be growth again. Amen? They will be, they will be a turning back again. There will be multiplication again. Amen? Hey, 
things will be much better than before. Do you believe it or not? You will believe it. Come on, let's give God a clap offering. You believe it, say amen. Let's believe it. The night is over. It's over. That's what exactly what the Zechariah is saying to the children of Israel. No, no. It's over. God will bring you back, my friend. God will save you. Yes, what kind of saviour? Not any saviour, a compassionate saviour. So you ask, why, uh? why, 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 why? Why is it that God saved me? Uh? Because I'm good. Rubbish. Because I'm entitled. Rubbish. None of us deserve it. He saved you because He has mercy on you. He restore you because He is a God of compassion. Not because you are so great, love, for heaven's sake. That's what He says. I will restore them because I have compassion on them. He's a compassionate Saviour. They will be as though I had not rejected them, for I am their God and I will answer them. Friends, listen to me very carefully today. I, 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 I just felt as I came in this morning, a tremendous presence of God, you know. And I know that it's, a, it's, it's one of those funny things. It's a very difficult passage, right? It's a very hard passage. And yet the Lord gave me this message. It's true to the text, and yet it's applicable to us. But the key is this, do you believe it or not? Do you believe it or not? If you don't believe it, I, uh, why bother? God says, I love you. The word compassion is the word hazard. It's mercy. Mercy. You don't deserve it. But God says, I have mercy on you. And if you want to come back to God, read this with me. Psalm 23, verse 6. Come on. Everyone, this is my, one of my favorite verses. Come on, everybody, read it and believe it, whether you are here or whether you are, you are at home. Come on, read it. Are you ready? Read it loud and read it, read it convincingly. Are you ready? One, two, three. Surely, goodness and mercy. Hey, not loud enough. Come on. Come on, read it. Read it so that the people online can hear you. Is it okay with you? All right. Are you ready? One, two, three. Sure. Goodness and mercy. If you agree with me, say Amen. Whoa, Amen. Surely. Not maybe, oh. Surely. Goodness and mercy shall follow you, my friend, and your children all the days of your life. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, let's give God a good clap offering. Can we do that? And can I have the worship team up? You don't mind. The fourth way. Where we approach God is not only because He's a source of life, because He controls the time and the seasons. We approach God not because He is the good shepherd. He's only good in Him, no evil one, no. 
And we approach Him not only because He's our compassionate Saviour, but because we draw strength from Him. The last verse. I will strengthen them in the Lord. And I love this phrase. In His name, they will walk. Why? Uh? What is so powerful about this? Because the name of God is the character of God. Remember, we always end our prayer in Jesus' name. You believe it or not? Right? Why, 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 why use the name of Jesus? Because everything you pray, you pray in Jesus' name, sure get that one. Sure get it one. Got it or not? So God says, you believe me? In my name, I guarantee you. In my name, because the name of God is the character of God. There's no other name greater than the name of God. So when God swears, He cannot swear by anybody. He swears by His name. Why? Because there's no other name. That's what Hebrews 6, 6, uh, 6 verse 13. When God made His promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for Him to swear, He swore by Himself. And this is exactly what God is saying to you. If you believe every word that I said to you today, God says, I swear by my name, Amen. you will be restored. Amen. Let me close. Can I have the wishes on board? You know, in season one of Drunk Before Dawn, way back in the year 2004, when we did our first ever musical, and it's my view that this is the best musical that we've ever done, in my view. And many people have told me, now cannot really, lah. can we reprise it to season three? We don't know. Maybe one of these days we will. But in season one of the musical Drunk Before Dawn, I remember this poignant scene so much when Tabby... Her name is Leah, was having a duet with her stage mother called Agnes. And it was this poignant dialogue when, 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 when they talk about the Lumbawang tribe as very weak. Nobody cares for them, you see. Nobody bothers about them. And so the mother was telling Leah, no, nobody cares, but, but we can draw strength. The mother was so, 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 so godly, you see. And then comes this powerful phrase from Tabby or Leah. He says, but mother, we are not strong enough. And they sang the song. At the end of the day, it's true, we are not strong enough. But our strength is from God, you see. Absolutely right. Touche. We are not strong enough. But God says to you to me today, draw strength from me. Because by my name, you will walk. So let me close by the ten I wills in this entire passage. When God says, I will, He will one know. God says, I will save you. 
God says, I will restore you. God says, I will have compassion on you. God says, no, I will not reject you. God says, no, I will answer you. I will signal for you. I will gather you back as I BKL. Church in Malaysia, I will gather you back. I will redeem you. I will scatter you. I did scatter you, but I will bring you back. You will grow and I will strengthen you. So let's approach God. Shall we do that as we close? For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. The cornerstone. The cornerstone. So let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in a time of need. Let's pray. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that even though it is a difficult passage, yet the eternal word of God is timeless. It applied to Israel. It applies to us today. On the 31st of October, 2021. To all of us listening here physically as well as online, Lord, you want us to ask. You want us to approach you as the source. You want us to come to you as the good shepherd who cares for his sheep. You want us to come to you as the compassionate saviour because when you save, it's because you love us. And you want to come to us, come us to come to you to draw strength from you. Father, right this day, Lord, we come back to you again. We come back to you one more time. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Ramanda There's a wonderful presence of God, you know. Take it seriously, my friend. Take it very seriously. If you take God seriously, God will take you seriously. Whether it's for your family, whether it's for your career, whether it's for your health, or whether it's for your family, or whether it's for your relationship, I don't know what it is. But as the Word of God is being delivered out, will you claim it? Because I'm going to claim it for you. But I can't do it for you, understand? You must want it. You must want it. I'm going to give the altar call Not for you to come forward For you to stand For those of you who are here If you have anything in your life That you want to ask God about I don't know what it is Will you stand And let me pray with you You don't have to tell anyone You just tell God whether it be for yourself, your family, your relationships, your career, your finance, your health. You stand. In the closing stages of this morning, those of you in a home as well, stand. Step up from your bed, step up from your chair and stand. Even as we take the Word of God 
at face value. He said, ask. So even as we stand, we're saying, Lord, we ask. We ask for the latter rain once again so that there will be a harvest in our life. So God, in Jesus' name, I want to pray for all of these dear people. So many of you are standing in front of me today. Whatever their needs, they have brought it to you. And you know, you know those on the stage as well. Those of you at home, we come before you, God, not with pride, not with arrogance. We banish this. And we come before you, God, listening to the wise words of a sage the wise words of a wise prophet in the latter part of his life and we take it to heart then we ask we ask for our children we ask for our family we ask for our work we ask for our finances we ask for our health we ask we ask we ask because you promise Lord you will answer you will answer you will answer you will answer so thank you, Lord. The last one and a half years have been very difficult for you. Could be that things did not go the way that you wanted it to go. In fact, it had become worse. Whether it be relationships or whether it be finances or even be your health, I don't know. But I do know one thing, that even as the Word of God is delivered forth, like a spring rain, it will come. The latter rain will come, my friend. The latter rain will come because God is in control of the seasons. God is in control of the seasons of your life. The period of drought is over. The period of drought is over today. The showers of blessings of God will come to your house and your household once again. Receive it, my friend. Receive it. There will be joy again. There will be laughter again. There will be love again. There will be reconciliation again. There will be healing again. There will be joy and passion one more time because God will restore. God will redeem. Will you spend a moment of quietness, just a couple of minutes before I close? We don't have to hurry because God is here, you see. Father, this day we renew our covenant with you. This day, God, even as a rainbow came, 
And every time you see the rainbow, you remember your covenant with us. May we do the same. Renew our love for you. Renew our commitment to you. And we want to believe, oh God, that you will once again bring back full restoration to our churches, to our lives, to our finances, to our families. Thank you. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you this day, my friend. May the Lord make His face always to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face towards every one of you and always give you shalom. Shalom. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Because people say aloud, Amen. Come on, let's give God a good clap offering.